Hello, uh, welcome to From the Rooker End. Uh, my name's John. Uh, with me uh, today uh, is Jason. Hello there. And Michael. Hi. Uh, we're outside Vicarage Road before the Watford uh, Arsenal game. I uh, don't normally do these podcasts. Well, these days you don't normally do a podcast before uh, a match. Normally do it afterwards. We're about to face Arsenal. It's Arsenal, Mike. They've, they've won the Premier League. They're a big side. Are you expecting a win? Yep. Are you really expecting a win or is that a dream? Is that... I'm not expecting a win, I'm expecting a comfortable win. <laughs> what I really want, and I say this all too often when we come up against these sides here at Vicarage Rose, what I want us to do is compete. I think the last two times at home to Arsenal in the, in the Premier League, it's been far too easy for them. We've had some great times away in the, in the Cup in the league, but at home, I think we've let ourselves down against Arsenal. Uh, obviously, the last uh, Premier League game at home was, was Manchester City, uh, which didn't turn out terrifically well for us. We've seen results since that that wasn't an anomaly. They're sticking goals away for fun, so we can feel slightly better, better about ourselves than that. But I think it's about time we put in a really, really good performance at home in the Premier League. Um, and we've just seen the team, Arsenal, although there's still talent absolutely everywhere running throughout the, the, the side, the squad. There's absentees in terms of Ursul, Sanchez. So, what better chance to, to, to go for it? And go for it, he has. It would yeah, he has, because three at the back we've gone for Jason. But we're, we're, we're going to have this, this is almost like the toughest run of our season. We didn't have a, a, a hellish period this season when the schedule came out. Uh, but we've got Arsenal today, we've got Chelsea. Uh, next week away that's, that's Chelsea who are currently losing to Crystal Palace as we speak if we lost both those games let's say because they are top sides we are just Watford that would be quite devastating wouldn't it to the momentum and the st- team spirit it would be unfortunate but I think we've had a we've had that little blip with Man City where we we said before we didn't play that bad we got hammered um, and we bounced back from there with two away games four points and in both of those games we've won the points with with last minute goals so I think we can see their spirit in that side so I don't think two defeats if they happen which the bookies will tell you they will um, if they happen I don't think it will affect the squad too much I don't think they'll be too disappointed that's, that's, that's good well we're going to see what happens in the game uh, and uh, after this jingle it'll be about two and a half hours later when Watford have uh, finished playing Arsenal we can celebrate my comfortable victory <laughs> a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end sorry to say Mike you were wrong. Get out of my face with that nonsense. It, I said it was going to be a comfortable victory. And it wasn't. When, when did Watford score all their goals? <laughs> in the last minute. So we all knew a goal was coming. <laughs> we're going into the final last knock into the game at one all. There's only one outcome. Watford victory, 2-1. Comfortable, thank you very much. Into fourth, good night. <laughs> well, not good night because we've still got podcasts to finish. Um, but uh, we're joined by Andy, uh, oh. your brother Michael. Uh, Andy, we've, we've beaten Arsenal 2-1 in the last time we played them. So it's not a surprise, is it? Not at all, not at all. It was in the bag. It was, there was no doubt whatsoever from the first kick. Um, wow, I mean, what a game. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant and what a feeling. I, 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 I was seriously uh, feared for my uh, safety when the stand was shaking at the end. I, I've got to be honest, but my God, we enjoyed that. It was brilliant. I brought a friend along today and he... he, he for a, I charged him a tenner for a ticket. He wanted to pay fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth that picking up on Andy's point there at the end. I uh, I was in the Elton John stand today, sort of slap bang in the middle, in, the, in line with the centre spot. So um, really in the sweet spot for, for gauging the atmosphere. And first and foremost, kudos to that amazing flag display. Amazing. Those of you in the rookery end won't have seen it, but I can guarantee it elsewhere in the stadium it looked 
absolutely unbelievable. Zedgar strikes up and there it is, that massive flag sort of staring back at you. Absolutely brilliant. You cannot underestimate how difficult something like that is to pull off. So a massive, massive, massive hat tip, chapeau to uh, the 1881 and everyone else who's helped, contributed. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But, but then when the goal went in at the end, <laughs> when that goal, I have never, ever, ever heard Vicarage Road as loud as that, I don't think. I mean, but, but that, that was Deeney against Leicester levels and I reckon they might have turned up 0.5 of a decibel from there. It was just the most intense, incredible feeling. You could see all around you, there's just people up to the far top right of me, all the uh, Watford technical staff sit high up in the just in front of the announcers booth. They were all chipping over themselves, hugging each other. Marco Silva and the gang were going absolutely berserk on the on the on the touchline. And obviously, cleverly, didn't need to be first to celebrations this time. <laughs> He's always usually first there, but he was the one leading it. What a finish from him! It was just um, one of those life-affirming moments when sometimes you think, "Oh, can I be bothered to go at the football today?" Uh, it cost me loads of money. It's an effort, blah, blah, blah. and then stuff like that happens, and it's just like the most intense, incredible, amazing feeling um, and one that, you know, we're out in town now, we're out in Watford, out, out <laughs> and there's just smiles on everyone's faces and that's what a game like that will do to you it's just, um, even if there's Tottenham fans here buying everyone drinks, not but you should be buying a drink, <laughs> everyone's happy everyone's buzzing, a game of football like that is just, will live long in the memory and it was the, the atmosphere was just electric uh, and it was a privilege to be there superb because the, the last time we beat Arsenal, which was the last time we played them, we beat them 2-1 as well away at the uh, the Emirates. And this game was better, I think, because that was a really... We scored those two fantastic goals really early on, but it felt we were clinging on it the whole time. And the last five minutes were, were horrendous. But the last 20 minutes, or at least when Troy Deeney came on the pitch, it, it felt really good. We'll get about Troy in a minute. But, the, but it wasn't just that last bit, though, Andy. The whole performance from Watford, from the, from the get-go was was brilliant really frantic start to the game it was really, you know it was really fast paced um, you know sort of without many chances it was it was end to end it was sort of um, you know a really sort of hectic start to the game and I thought we had the better of the first 30 minutes if I'm honest um, well, it, it deserved you know the thing when, when someone scores a goal do they deserve it maybe Arsenal didn't deserve it in terms of the ability to, to, to control the game but it was a set piece and, and they did it very well but we definitely deserved I, I wanted to go in at half-time with some sort of positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, after the goal, they had two or three chances and we could have feasibly been further behind. And we needed that half-time, really. You know, there, there was a, a sort of a, a drop-shoulder look about the guys. And, um, you know, we got, we got in at half-time. From, from what I've read, you know, Marco Silva said, believe in yourself, believe in yourselves. And they came out, and that's exactly what they did. You know, they were the better team by far in the second half. I thought, uh, absolutely. You know, Arsenal didn't really have an answer to us, really. You know, they, yes, they had some some opportunities. Um, you know, Gomez made some good saves, but that's because we were pressing and we were pressing to to, to get a not just a draw. We wanted a win, and uh, and you know, we hit the post. It was fantastic. It was a, it was really really entertaining. For, for anyone, I think, never mind, never mind Watford fans, I think it was an entertaining game and bloody hell it was brilliant at the end. I think to take a step back and think about the game it's in, in its entirety, what's great about, about watching Watford like that is how comfortable they all are on the ball, how much they want the ball, how comfortable they are in their roles, how confident they are in their roles. We're not just hoofing it up, we're looking to, we're looking to do what they do in training and 
on the walk here. We're out. We're out in Watford. It's John's birthday on uh, Monday, so a big happy birthday to uh, to our host and the uh, and the brains behind from the recruitment. Uh, John, so happy birthday! Yep. He only look. He doesn't look forty six. But uh, anyway, so happy birthday to John. But on the walk here, I was listening to six oh six, and they had the interview with Marco Silva, and he said he was actually quite forceful. He was actually quite forceful at half time. Um, telling them to do what you do in training. He said he was unhappy at, 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 at half-time. He didn't recognise the team that he sees in training in terms of there wasn't a... He, he called them shy. Um, and so while they were doing... They looked OK, they looked comfortable on the ball. The last ball wasn't necessarily correct and they made, and the decision-making wasn't, wasn't quite there. So I think he sent them out with the message, don't be shy in that second half. And as Andy alluded to there... Wales! <laughs> As Andy alluded to there, in the second half they came out all guns blazing and we'll talk about him no doubt. Richarlison was the star of that, of that show. Down the left, he absolutely terrorised Hector Bellerin, who I think is recognised as a really, really solid defender. Great going forward, a really, you know, a high-class defender. Richarlison made him look silly. And what dawned on me while I watched that game today is we've got a team of footballers who are confident in what they're doing, they understand their instructions, and they look like a competent, exciting, um, threatening Premier League football team. They've got all the elements in place. And in Marco Silva, he showed it after, I think it was about an hour, 65 minutes, he changed to 4-3-3, made that doubled substitution, and then took the gamble of bringing Capu on later as well, who had, a, I thought, had a, 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 an impact. He You're not saying it's always, a, it's always a race to put Capu on, are you? <laughs> well, I'm saying, well, I'm saying you're going to use all your three subs up, and, yeah. and that is a statement of intent. So, right, I think I can change this game for the better for, for Watford. And, yeah, Capu did. You know, he, he had one of his chances from the edge of the box that hit the post. So, you know, regardless of the minutiae of the, of the game, the ins and outs of it, and, yes, Arsenal could have scored two or three. Great saves from Gomez, I thought, absolutely superb. Um, but, yes, Watford could have been 2-3-0 behind. Uh, and I thought I was worried after, we, after they scored. And he said that our, our shoulders went down, and I, I felt that as well. Needed to get in at half-time. But regardless of the minutiae of the game, the ins and outs, the, the sort of the roadmap of that particular game, take a step back and look at that Watford team and look what it did today. And it, I think that is something to be proud of, but more than proud of, excited about. I thought they, I thought they were great. Um, they always gave themselves a chance. It was, it was great. It was not a Watford that, you, that we've seen in a long, long time. The, the, the sort of, I suppose the only criticism of that first half would have been that long ball up to Gray wasn't working because he's quite small and there's a big Mertesacker behind him. And then actually putting a small cleverly to mark Mertesacker in a corner led to their goal. Yeah. But those, like you say, those addressed. And the, the biggest thing that changed, I think, it was a double substitution. But bringing on Troy Deeney changed the game completely yeah I mean I said to uh, Tom my friend that I thought that needed to change that needed to happen at half time you know Gray is strong but he, he wasn't winning anything in the air and, and you knew that, that, that Troy when he has got that point that bounce he's going to win some and as soon as he came on the first one that came to, came to him he won it and, uh, and it was it was telling and Mertesacker then knew he was in a game and, uh, and, it, and it got them worried and, it, and I'll tell you what, Troy looked fit. He was, he was running around and he had some pace to him tonight. And uh, I, it's my, in my mind that that substitution changed the game. I think Halloween came early for the Arsenal back four. <laughs> Very good. Pumpkin Mertesacker. Um, but I think, I think Troy Deeney and Watford as a whole benefited from, from the shift that, that Gray put in. I think 
I don't necessarily agree with Andy as much as he didn't win anything. I thought he was incredibly combative, and I thought he did. He gave them a lot to worry about in that in that first half. And he in the area, in the area he was getting nothing. It, it was, it was, I don't agree that Troy won much in the air. I think they both did. I both think they did. They cut similar furrows, if you like. But Troy was a more explosive. What was it? Half an hour he had, 25 minutes to come on, so he knew what his role was. Whereas, whereas I think Andre Gray sort of led the line and dragged them all over the place and worked hard and, and, and made space for, for Pereira and, and, uh, and Richarlison and those guys. Richarlison didn't really get much into the game in the first half, but I think a lot of his work goes, goes unnoticed and I think we were able to benefit from a, an incredible shift that he put in. It was great to see Troy out there and amongst it, isn't it? It's, you know what you're going to get with him. He's just all... Uh, he just does it he's, you know he's going to do it you know he's going to put it in you know as a defender when he comes on it's like oh god and you've got um, Carrillo came on as well he's tricky I don't think he had his greatest greatest game but he was you know what you're going to get from him again he's going to put defences on the back foot as I mentioned before Richarlison is, is turning Bellerin inside out um, and then Capu's buzzing around on the edge of the edge of the box Holobas is getting forward again uh, Firmino came into the game again a little bit towards the end um, so no one got and no one. If you're going to do a player rating at that game, nobody got less than a seven. I would say that I was disappointed in the first half with the decision making. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. But it was a whole game, the whole game. Yeah, I think of course. I mean, we've got to be careful not to get massively carried away and say everyone's an eight or nine out of ten. You want to be, you know, in fourth place in the Premier League. I think we we still need to. We have still say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because we who aren't here anywhere else, so uh, we're fourth in the Premier League. But um, I think it's seventh on match of the day, though. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could have been better in the first half in terms of we matched Arsenal. I thought until the until the until they scored, but where we let ourselves down was Firmino to perhaps trying to play a little bit too much football in defence on, on a number of occasions. Richarlison when he was through, I think it was early in the second half, could have played the ball wide, tried to beat a man, but like I said, overall take a step back and look what they achieved, look what the the overall performance felt like and I think that's the thing to focus on you're right well the thing we know is that Watford can only score against Arsenal when it's dark (laughs) (laughs) and they and we can only really score goals (laughs) (laughs) but we were in black kit (laughs) (laughs) and we can only score goals the winning goals after 90th minute and the best thing I say cleverly was celebrating for himself first and it was coming and it was brilliant and it sort of I think more than anything against a team like Arsenal where we didn't shy away and that's what I think we can take away from this game more than any of the games we've had so far we've come back and scored lots of it's our fourth post 90th minute goal after Liverpool after Swansea after West Brom and now after Arsenal that's brilliant that we are going to to that point but now we've done it against a massive club And I think it's a, that will be the best thing taking it forward to next week against Chelsea. Now, I've finished my beer. I've calmed down a little bit now. I'm just, uh, just while you were talking there, I, I was thinking about how I felt during the game. And I think for the first 50, 55 minutes, I was a bit frustrated. I thought it was going to be a nearly game. And what I said before the game was that I wanted us to be competitive. So I was like, All right, OK, we've been competitive, but we're so close to getting something out of this. So what is fabulous, what is fantastic is that they have moved on. They've managed to stay in the game take it to Arsenal, change the, change the formation, bring different personnel on, hang on in there, because it, you know, it could have been, we could have let goals in, uh, we were struggling, we were on the ropes up until half-time, and then for the second half, it just it was like a crescendo. I'm not going to say it was inevitable, because anything with, well, nothing's inevitable with Watford, but it felt like a build, a slow build, and it's almost you get into that zen sort of state where you think, you know, we're, we're doing all right here, 
we are not in any danger really and we could win this and they we did. did they they really did and Marco Silva's programme notes, he talks about the resilience and he talks about how impressive it is that you score in the last minute. And it is. How fearful, how fearsome is that to come against a team who has been 2-0 down away at West Bromwich Albion. You've been hauled back again in a very difficult game against Swansea. You had your backs against the wall for half an hour, but then took the shackles off and scored. And then Arsenal, one of the best teams in the, in the land, they've gone... Well, Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm being generous to any Arsenal Top fans at my least. Yeah. They're a Premier League side. <laughs> we've taken it Just, to them. Yeah, and we've, yeah. we've stood toe-to-toe. We've done what we... We've played our game and we've won it. And that is... I'm just really proud, really excited of what we've achieved and just, you know, just excited about where this team can go. It's just, it's just brilliant. And before I forget, if I don't mention it, because Richarlison's come up a number of times, he was super... Just, God, dear, Decore again. <laughs> He's like, he reminds me of the, um, the scene out of Terminator 2 where, they, where the grad guy just won't die. T-1000. Yeah, and he's just chasing the bus and, you know, you can blow him up and he just re- reanimates whatever he does. That's Decore. He, he just goes, that's Decore. He just goes and goes and goes and goes. And if it's attacking, he's involved. If it's defensive, he's getting stuck in. Uh, what, yeah, just, what, a, what a player, what a gem. We're going to go uh, to the pub. Uh, we recorded most of this podcast before the game because we're in the pub and we knew that we we're going to have time to record a podcast. Uh, uh, so off we go. Mike's surname is Parkin. He's a son called Arlo. Uh, and this is Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Okay, well, we'll take that. Arlo, this weekend's game with Arsenal, it's the first Watford game in the Premier League for a little while because it's been the international break. England, in that time, qualified for the World Cup. So my question for you is, are you excited about the World Cup? No, uh, I don't care about the World Cup. I, I only care about my family and friends. And Watford? Mm-hmm. All right, mate. Arlo, thanks very much for joining us. Bye-bye, see you later. Uh, we haven't had one for a while, but it's time to put your footballing Watford knowledge to the test in another round of Going for Golden. Going for golden. Hello, and welcome to another Going for Golden, your chance to show off your Watford FC knowledge. Remember, you can buzz in whenever you like by pressing the pause button on the device you're listening on. If you're right, you gain the last score set. If you're wrong, then you can continue to play along, but your score won't count. We have five clues, and with each, you should find it easier to guess the answer. So let's play! Who am I? Five points. My final game was away at Everton in the top flight of English football. Four points. Before Watford, I played for Crystal Palace. Three points. I made over 300 appearances and scored over 100 goals. Two points. I played up front with Luther Blissett. One point. I joined Watford in 1972 and my name was still on the team sheet in 2012. 
return. The uh, answer to that will be at the end of the podcast. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the rookery end. The question I have for you guys is, have Watford made it? Or have we jumped the shark? If you don't know what jumping the shark means, it's, it was the moment in happy days where it just went a little bit too far. And, and Fonzie, uh, miraculously on a pair of uh, skis, uh, saved his life by just jumping over a shark. And it's just a bit where happy days went a bit too far. And it's a, a classic phrase. Because Jason, that, that Manchester City game, you know, in the, in the, in the director's box is Sir Elton John. Uh, no Gallagher was there. These are, these are big players. But you noticed someone else. Well, yeah, and this is, the, the whole story behind it is quite bizarre. Um, chatting to a colleague at work he was telling me he'd seen the uh, the Kingsman uh, movie and he said Elton John was it was in it and he thought Elton was wearing a Watford scarf at some point so we were googling Elton John and Kingsman and, and Watford and I came to pitch from the city game the director's box and there were some notables in there like you say but it wasn't those you've already mentioned or Southgate and Motson who was sitting to one side it was Fred from First Dates he was in the director's <laughs> box and, and okay we, I'm not a big reality TV fan but certainly in Bailey Towers First Dates does get some airtime. and, and I, I felt quite proud that Fred from First Dates was at my football club watching us play it's amazing is that, is, is, is that, is that, is that the D? yeah oh what a guy <laughs> he for me he rivals Seb in terms of my man crush I think he's a fantastic is, is that making it or is it jumping the shark um, I think that's Premier League football for you, isn't okay. it? I think there was a whole host of stars on show. Some of them now for Watford, it have to be said. People are starting to talk about some of Watford's players as uh, the stars. But um, can I be pragmatic and boring about yeah. this whole thing? Jason's done the celebrity side of things, so uh, I'll bring us back down to earth a bit. I think at your peril in this division, certainly a club of Watford stature, certainly a club that's been in the division the amount of time we have, certainly with the teams that we're coming up against and their, and their wealth and their might, think you've made it at your peril it is so so difficult you take take your eye off the ball in terms of whatever it is whether it's in terms of recruitment whether it's in terms of training methods if you have bad um, uh, bad problems with injuries the things can go look at look at Palace this year they took their eye off the ball they got their appointment really badly wrong in the, in the summer um, didn't get didn't get the deal done with Adelaide whatever they made a mistake they took their eye off the ball and they have gone seven games without scoring they've finally gone and it looks like they've beaten Chelsea today fair play but Swansea struggling have been struggling for the last couple of years um, Aston Villa Swansea they got themselves into funks and couldn't get themselves out of it year after year they were flirting with relegation and it finally happened look at Sunderland they haven't won a game in the championship yet this season but as, as a team we can take our eye off the ball but as an individual we can take our eye off the ball such as getting yourself on the front page of the sun <laughs> is that making it or is that jumping the shark when the eyes of success gets that story on the front of the sun mike it's 50 uh, 50 on that we've definitely made it because yeah premier league for premier league football shock you think oh my god what's it going to be and there it is it's one of our players uh, in a bailey's full field romp in uh, in a hertfordshire hotel it's, uh, it's the sort of thing that it wouldn't have happened if we were in the uh, uh, in the championship if that was Moses Ashley Coddy would it um, so yeah you could say that we've uh, we've made it in that respect I've talked about Isaac's success a little bit I'm glad that he hasn't made it as Watford I'm glad that he's a player on the periphery because that story died down very very quickly if that had been one of our more prominent players you know any, anyone really any more prominent it would have been a, it would have been a big headache for us and have been quite upsetting in terms of the unwanted attention it would have brought us but I think as it was that one um <laughs> He's not going to live that down a long time, but in, in, in Hertfordshire, certainly we won't forget it. And we'll no doubt a lot of people will have a lot of fun with it over the, over the coming months and, 
but it's died down quickly from a national point of view, which I think is which I think is helpful for us. I'm being quite sensible and boring today, aren't I? No, no, it's, it's good every so often, Michael. Uh, you have children; it's important. But but the thing is, Mike. Uh, but the thing is, Jace, that the fact it was success who was caught in such a, a bad position sort of rings true to how he's sort of doing at the moment and where he is in the squad so much so yeah it kind of, yeah it kind of makes sense to us doesn't it really uh, the, the fans who, who know the know the player um, when when he first arrived we were a little bit excited about him we didn't see much of him we were questioning why he wasn't playing Masari didn't seem to fancy him and now Silva doesn't seem to fancy him and you have to start to question his attitude but he's 21 he's in a foreign country uh, and I suspect he's, he's completely out of uh, what he's sort of used to. He is, and so is Richarlison. And look at the way he's conducted himself. And hopefully he's not up to any uh, sort of booze-fueled romps in Sopwell House. <laughs> well, I think uh, his, uh, his best buddy, uh, Mr Gomez, will keep him on the, on the straight and narrow. But uh, Mike, you, the police that hold of success is iPhone as part of the investigation. Yes, poor old Isaac. Not only did everything go bad... People, the police had to get hold of his iPhone so they'd seen his messages and perhaps most importantly they saw this Spotify playlist and bizarrely, miraculously, it was almost as if he knew what was going to happen because this playlist sort of was a chronological story in song of his evening, wasn't it? Here it is, we got a copy of it and uh, this is what it sounds like. I'm gonna get Today uh, we're about to go and not see an amazing sight because <laughs> unfortunately uh, the 1881 are going to cover the, uh, the rookery end and uh, we will see nothing from our place but it's going to be the biggest flag in the whole of the UK and every single seat in the rookery end will be covered. That's going to be quite good for the other three parts of the stadium Jason. Again, it's a, it's a nice little thing, just that, that little extra about our club, something that we've done, that the fans have done, that, again, makes you proud to be a, a Watford fan. It's probably not going to help us play any better on the pitch, but it's a good thing, brings the, brings the fans together and hopefully creates a bit of atmosphere in the rookery end. Uh, Roy has been uh, doing quite a lot uh, with all the boys who do the 1881 and I caught up with him and got involved with, uh, with the 1881 uh, just for the Liverpool game back at the beginning of the season. This is what happened on that day. It's three hours before kick-off, uh, already here at the ground, uh, going down some set of stairs in the, in the southwest corner of the ground. Uh, a place never really seen by many Watford fans, apart from a little bunch of fans who do quite a lot in the stadium to their bunker. It's the 1881. Let's go and see what they do and what they've got planned for this season. How long did this bunker take to do? It's been a couple of years now. It's only really the, this, this summer that we've organised it, we've put everything in, into its place. It's kind of two years in the making, but everything you see has, has, been, has been done by, by fans. So this bit we're in, so this, this is, yeah, this is the... 
uh, operations area, yeah. and then there's the what you can only call the, the boys club. The or boys the, club, there, yeah. yeah. It's, a, um, it's a giant man cave. <laughs> and what have we got down here then? So we've got a snooker table, stroke pool table. We've got a bar area where we can uh, purchase merchandise. We've, we're going to be having reruns of um, old classic like, matches from before, from, from years gone by on our projector screen. We've also got a 50-inch plasma, which will be showing footage from us from the previous seasons as well. Okay. But this is, what's this area then called? This is uh, the preparation area. We've currently got 1,400 flags that we bring out every game. We fix flags, obviously, that people break accidentally, whatever. How many big, how many big flags have you got? Like those big, big, big ones? Because I've lost count. Seven huge surfers. We are currently running a GoFundMe for the biggest UK surfer flag at 85 metres by 35 metres, which will cover every single seat in the Rookery. So, that, so you, you, technically we couldn't get the biggest one because it wouldn't fit? It, it basically wouldn't fit, no. Okay, so it's the biggest we can get unless we completely redevelop yeah. the stadium. Yeah, so uh, Gino, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> we'd like a new stand, please. Yeah, just for the biggest <laughs> flag ever. Because it's, it's grown so much. Just, you know, there's operations area with all the stuff that you've, you've got. It's grown every single year, hasn't it? We started off with seven flags, and we've now got 1,400 flags, plus huge surfers, and we, you know, we're now selling merchandise. We do coach trips away, uh, and every, every single penny goes back into replenishing for new flags or buying or any kind of new ideas that we come up with in order to make our displays bigger and better. For your fourth season now... Fourth season. Um, what is the fourth season, do you think, going to bring for you? What, what's, apart from this, this mega flag, is there anything else you sort of want to achieve or you think that you need to, not, 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 not add to, but need to do more of? Last season, obviously, the, the second half of last season, you know, everyone's human, but the atmosphere wasn't, wasn't brilliant, second half of last season. This season, we have to concentrate on making the atmosphere a whole lot better than what we have been doing, even, even the season before last. You, keep, you, know, you said there, we have to. It isn't just us. The reason it wasn't a good atmosphere last year is because it wasn't good football. That, you can't, you can't, I, can't, yeah. I can't sit there yeah. and go, come on, Watford. La- I, I might still say it, yeah, yeah. but my volume was definitely down yeah. if you're not inspired. This is why I said we're only human. If we're 2-0 down, it is, it is very, it's very difficult to continuously sing for 90 minutes. I mean, I, I think, though, what this does do is, though, is that as the players walk on the pitch... That does inspire them. You know, seeing the sight of all the flags is something that is going to get them going. It is something that's going to inspire them. So, but it's the bit during the middle of the games, I think, that we cannot, we have to, they have to feed us in a way then feed back again. Um, my favourite moment almost ever, and I think somewhere on our audio boom page is a recording of it, and it was when we played Huddersfield at home and it was 4-2 in the end and we were a man down and we came back to, to win it. But there was a moment where Tozia... And I think Angela sort of gestured, come on, come on. And at that point, everybody reacted and everybody sort of started getting involved. And Troy does it a lot. You know, he says, now, now, now's the time. We need you now. And that's sort of part of it, I think. They, they, it's not just them scoring the goals for us to have a, a fun sing-along. It's actually, what do we do in those, those dark moments? We do, but it's getting people pumped up for that. Like you say, it, it, there has to be a tantamount amount of, it's got to be too kind of a two-way relationship the team have to give us a little bit you know a crunch and tackle or you know like you say a, a gesture, gesture to, like to the crowd 
this this is almost at this point beyond your original dreams, right? Is it? You say that, but your original dreams. You say that. <laughs> the original dream was was to get seven thousand people in the rookery standing up and bouncing, where we surpassed that in the first season. Um, now, what what our dreams are, they have kind of evolved our dreams. But what our our dreams are is to be the best fan base in the country. Now, if I'm the if I'm the Watford manager and I want to be the best team in the country, I have to win the league. How, what, what is, for you, what would it look like? What's, what is the thing that says the 18-81 are the best? Our displays, our displays are already, been, we've been mentioned by Borussia Dortmund as already world class. Uh, we've, had, we've had that tweeted to us. It's more voracious, passionate support in that 90 minutes. It's only 90 minutes a week. <laughs> it's only 90 minutes a week. Obviously away, the atmosphere is really good away. It's our home support that kind of needs to be ramped up. The Pozzos have kind of done the off-field stuff. They've bought the, they've bought really good players this season, and I think it's our turn now. We we have to really get behind them and uh, show show the team, the manager, the owners exactly how much they mean to us. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I do like to chat to my friends when I come to the football, uh, and especially the first couple of minutes. We only arrive. Oh, hello, how are yeah, you? Yeah, What's yeah. going on? All the rest of it. And I'm not ready for singing at home games. Away games, absolutely from the get-go. From yeah. the minute, I'm off. And that's why I go, that's definitely why I go to away games. Um, so that's and that's not going to change. There's definitely no names. Some sections of the ground which are, it's going to take him to an hour in, and the game to be well underway and, and having and for them to kick in. And it's usually if the ref has done a bad decision, then all of a sudden <laughs> the whole stadium erupts. Right. So what we need to do is we need to pay off some referees, do some bad things, and that'll get, <laughs> that, that'll get the the rookie going. Okay. Now songs are always hard. I think. Um, is it something you found hard? It's it, it's very it's very difficult for a club like Watford because the mindset kind of almost has to change in order in order for us be, to become a ferocious, passionate support. The atmospheres in the seventies and eighties were really were passionate. They were they were ferocious and they were some feisty moments. We're not looking for the ferocious, feisty moments. We're looking for passion and it all geared towards supporting the team. If I was musically inclined, um, is it that 1881 Facebook group the best place to sort of put things out there? Or do I have to come along and start singing? If, you've, if, if anyone's got any ideas, just come down to the bunker pre-game. Because sometimes uh, a chant written out in text doesn't really, doesn't or can't come across how you kind of mean it. Mm. If you come down here and bellow it out, all of a sudden, some mediocre song that that you've put across actually in a chant, it might actually work. So it's, it's always best in person. So we've brought out all the flags, big and small, uh, onto, uh, onto the rookery and, and they've been put out by about a team of, of under 10 uh, who are putting all these flags out. I'm a bit out of breath pulling up flags up and down the, uh, the rookery steps. They're quite steep. Uh, never noticed that. <laughs> uh, so uh, they do a fantastic job and they always need a bit of help. And I think... I think it probably takes one game a year, maybe, all, all you have to do, uh, to go down to the bunker before a game, find out, and just come and put some flags out. It doesn't take every single game, but if everyone did one, you never know, it might be, it might be a good thing to do. But anyway, the kick-off is, 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 is fast approaching. I must go and put some more flags out.
to the 1881 mic, four years in, going well. Do we still need to work on some songs, though? I think so, yeah. I think, I think uh, those guys will be the first to admit that they're never going to stand there and say, right, we've, we've finished it now. That's it. We don't, need to, we don't need to come up with anything more. But I think, um, you know, this is an evolving thing. Songs evolve, fan terrace charts, song, and people get more involved. What I will say is you've just seen over the, over the past sort of year, really, how many more people have got involved, how organised they've got, how professional it looks. They've got the bunker down there behind the rookery stand, which, you know, these guys are absolutely serious about, about making a difference at Watford Football Club. They put a lot of their own time, a lot of their own money, and, yes, they, do, they, they raise funds and, and, and people do help with that. But it's, it's a real labour of love for these guys. And... They do it for one reason, because they love Watford and they really, really want to make a difference to the atmosphere. And I think this thing, the Arsenal thing, is just a real, an incredible feather in the cap, I think. A reminder to everyone as to how hard these guys work. It doesn't just happen. These flags don't just appear on seats. And I've heard a lot of away support say, oh, it's easy to do it when the club's sort of bankrolling it and the club's doing it for you. But not at all. The club are supporting it in terms of letting it, allowing it to happen and, and working alongside them with the logistics. I mean, this is 100% fan-led, and I think it's mightily impressive. And um, I, like uh, like so many others, are fully behind it. I think they're absolutely amazing. Long may it continue. I said on the, uh, the little feature, uh, it, I think if everyone gave up one pre-match to get involved and help put things out, uh, it's not going to be a lot of your time. Uh, and if you all get involved a little bit, the atmosphere, we'd all do a little bit to help the atmosphere. So get on to Facebook, search for 1881 Movement, uh, join that group, and, uh, and volunteer for one of the games for the rest of the season. Earn. So who is the answer to this week's Going for Golden? It's Ross Anthony Jenkins. Going for and we're back uh, in the future, or in the present, after the game anyway, whatever. Uh, up next, up next, <laughs> up next, Andy. Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge. They're easy, a top, they're easy, a top. easy, easy. I'll just start watching after 90 minutes. I'm not saying we're going to win. I mean, they've lost today away at at Palace. You think they'll hopefully, if they're worth their sorts as the current champions of of English football, that they will react and they will be a hard team to beat. Is is, is a draw going to be good enough? I'd take a draw. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's be realistic. I would take a draw. Um, I think think it's going to be interesting. You know, it's, it's one of these things when you come away from... A win like tonight, um, you're on a high, and you think you can. We think we can do whatever we want and um, beat anybody. And I, and quite honestly, I think that's true. I think I think we approach the game as differently. We don't set up to stifle. We set up to play, and we set up to win. Um, and I think with Morata out, they haven't got a focal point. Um, it gives us a, it gives us a chance. You know, they're they're, they're going to be um, you know yes wounded from. Um, losing to a team who haven't, haven't scored for seven games for goodness sake or however many games it is um, but um, you know yeah, they'll, they'll want to uh, impress and get their, their season back on track you know I think they're third aren't they so um, they're no. no they're behind they're, us they're below they're us oh. Andy oh. Chelsea oh. Arsenal oh. Liverpool oh. are below us oh. keep them coming <laughs> um, but they'll be looking to, to get back up into that top four and, and, and react and, and, and put on a performance for their Fans, you know, they've got loads of good players, but so have we. The interesting thing about that one as well is it's half-twelve kick-off, and there, you know, we've, we've all been there, and you get there, and it's like the atmosphere is a bit dead. 
Chelsea aren't exactly going to be up for a game with Watford, albeit you know we're doing well and and we're above them. Um, but it's hardly it's not the it's not the game that's circled in any Chelsea season ticket holders uh, calendar. So an early kick off, a slightly quiet, subdued Stamford Bridge. Um, you'd imagine there'll be a, a lot of Watford supporters there who might have had a, a couple of beers at a breakfast and are making a bit of a racket as is our want when we go away. So I just wonder whether that may play in our favour a little bit. I said before. Um, if you take your eye off the ball in this division, then you're going you're gonna to come a cropper. So we need to, obviously, bear in mind where we're going, who we're playing. Um, but not forget what we've done. Absolutely right. And, and Andy's, you know, Andy and I usually have our, our post-match debrief from us. And how did we lose to, to Grimsby? Not a great surprise, is it? And, you know, actually, I quite enjoyed that 1-0 home defeat to Chile. And we did all right there. There's some quite nice things that, uh, that we did in midfield. We strung three five. You know how far how far we've come. It's important that we take time to in, enjoy these, um, and yeah, let's let's just do that. Let's just like I said at the end of that match there, that cacophony, that noise, is that's why you do it. That's why we do these podcasts. That's why people spend a fortune. You know, loads of our listeners come, they drive up and down motorways just to, to come and watch Watford. They invest time, money, and emotion in it, and that's the payback. That's why we do it. So let's enjoy that. Let's worry about Chelsea next week. Marco and the boys are going to be raring to go. They're going to do us proud um, for the rest of this weekend and the rest of the week. We can bask in a, in a job well done. That was absolutely magnificent, and that is why I love Watford Football Club. You can follow us on social media, at Watford Podcast, and all the Instagram, Facebook, and whatever. It's Twitter. But, Mike, must you must finish this, this week's podcast. We'll come on yours. Go! Oh!